Welcome to the Drum Shuffle, a podcast offering insights, perspectives, and conversations for drummers. I'm your host, Jamie Eads. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Drum Shuffle. This is Jamie Eads joining you as always. This is episode 23. We are super excited to be joined today by the great Daphnis Prieto. Daphnis, of course, born in Cuba, a winner of the MacArthur Fellowship in 2011 and leader of the Daphnis Prieto Big Band, just doing fantastic work out there. We're really excited to have him, so please stay tuned. Lost Cabos Drumsticks may be the best kept secret from drummers today. Lost Cabos Drumsticks makes the finest tools to touch a drummer's hands in the business. The best news, almost every popular stick size is available in both white hickory and red hickory. If you don't know what red hickory is, it's made from the heartwood of the hickory tree, unlike regular white hickory, which is made from sapwood. Red hickory drumsticks will hold up to even the hardest hitting drummers. Their durability comes from the density of the wood, but they do not sacrifice the feel. Please visit LosCabosDrumsticks.com to learn more about their products. And don't forget to ask at your favorite retailer for Los Cabos Drumsticks. All right, everybody, as I mentioned, we are joined today by the great Daphnis Prieto. Daphnis, of course, is the leader of the Daphnis Prieto Big Band, uh, just a fantastic jazz and Afro-Cuban drummer, born in Cuba, moved to the United States in 1999, uh, has just been doing a ton of great work, a fantastic drummer. Uh, He teaches uh, at the University of Miami in Miami, Florida, Uh, of course, band leader extraordinaire. And as I mentioned in my intro, he was the winner of the prestigious MacArthur Fellowship in 2011. We have just a great conversation with Daphnis. So please help me welcome Daphnis Prieto to the drum shuffle. Good afternoon, Daphnis. How are you today? I'm doing good, Jamie. Thank you. I'm doing good. Thanks. Awesome. Well, we really appreciate you taking time to come on the drum shuffle and talk a little bit about your career and uh, your new release. Um, Daphnis, typically what we do is we start at the, at the very beginning, and I think your story is a great one. So um, tell us a little bit about your upbringing in Cuba and how you became a drummer. Well, um, I started really young when I, in music on my own uh, when I was like about six or seven years uh, old. I started playing guitar, and then little by little I started switching. I started playing bongos. And then when I was 10 years old, I started in the music academy uh, and I started doing the uh, classical training. And uh, from then on, I, I started doing my musical training, mostly in classical, sing, uh, four years in my hometown in Santa Clara, and then another four years in Havana in the National School of Music. And that's how, uh, you know, I was trained there. Then, you know, on the side of that, I um, I learned how to play the drum sets. I'm actually self-taught on drum sets. Wow. And, uh, and in composition as well and stuff like that. But, you know, the training that I got in Cuba really helped me to, <clears throat> to get the basic knowledge and to figure it out. 
how I can do all these other things that I was interested on. Uh, so um, that was basically it. So when I was 18, I graduated from the National School of Music and I started playing different bands uh, in Cuba, mostly within a little bit, you know, like kind of a mix between jazz and, and Cuba music and uh, things like that. So that's, that was pretty much uh, a little bit of my beginnings in a nutshell. Sure. Well, you know, and maybe I'm, I guess I could show some ignorance here, but, you know, I, I have a a 13-year-old daughter who is very much into ballet, and she, yes. she has been dancing ballet since she was two years old, and, you know, a lot of her teachers, you know, she has grown up in the Cuban tradition of ballet. Her her formative years were, were taught by, you know, uh, Cuban uh, professional ballet dancers. And, yep. you know, so I know a little bit about folks growing up in Cuba, but I'm assuming it wasn't you couldn't just go down the street and pick up a copy of Modern Drummer or, <laughs> you know, buy, you know, buy a new a shiny new ride symbol or anything like that. Um, so does coming from Cuba, does it give you a different um, obviously, it gives you a different background, but does it give you a different appreciation of drumming? I, I guess you would say. Well, the thing is that to me, there are different kind of branches of or sources in a way of how to get information. And you know, it's interesting that you say that the magazines and, and you know the instruments in itself, and uh, it, it was difficult to get uh, you know uh, this kind of uh, stuff. But at the same time, we have a a very rich culture with an unbelievable rhythmic tradition that, you know, it goes back to hundreds of years uh, and, and it comes right directly, uh, many of them, uh, from Africa, which is a very powerful land for rhythm and music in general and culture. So, therefore, um, I don't, you know, I, I have, for example, in my book, in, in a book that I, that I published uh, two or three years ago, uh, it's called uh, A World of Rhythmic Possibilities. I actually, there is a chapter that is dedicated to those exercises that I had to create myself because I didn't have uh, like a, a specific drum method, drum set method to practice. So, I mean, you know, uh, yeah, there is, there is, there is a, you know, it's just a different, different scenario. Uh, and therefore, uh, the, uh, Whatever comes out of that is going to be different because it's influenced by that, by that scenario, that environment, uh, as well as not having as much information as you could have here in the U.S., but at the same time having other things uh, culturally. So, you know, it's a, it's a give and take in a way, you know, um, in regards to that. Sure. Well, I mean, you know, anybody that's familiar with your playing, um, you know, it, it knows that you're just an absolute monster uh, behind the kit. I mean, you, you're, <laughs> you know, I, I don't say that lightly. Um, you're incredibly talented and gifted. Um, it, when you first came to the U.S., it's my understanding that, that you went straight to New York. Is that right? Mm hmm. And it, yeah, I went to New York when I was in 1999. Okay. Okay. When you got to New York, um, you know, and you brought up a really good point, the, the tradition of, you know, Afro-Cuban jazz, you know, I mean, it's, it's all over the place. 
Um, and it's just incredibly, you know, what I would call joyful music. I mean, it's just, you know, you can't help but smile when you listen to it. Um, when you got to New York, tell us a little bit about how you started, um, you know, getting into the scene in New York, uh, and, and you're playing there. Mm -hmm. Mm. I, uh, I know a few musicians already, uh, that were there. I, I know, uh, musicians like Steve Coleman and Henry Tregel and also Brian Lynch. And I know uh, a few others. Um, uh, and then I started just playing around. And, uh, you know, it was, the beginning was very challenging for me because, to say the truth, uh, I, it was not my first option that it came from me to go to New York. It was almost like a destiny that I end up kind of a little bit stuck in, in, uh, on the way to go back to where I was living at that time, that was Spain. And because of that, uh, I was actually in Canada and, and I was not allowed to go back to Spain for a year. So they basically denied my visa to go to Spain. And then, and then I didn't want to really stay in Toronto. Uh, so (laughs) New York was the only uh, really place that I, that I, that I could go um, in terms of you know my professional career and uh, and I had a lot of friends that that told me this is your chance to do it and then you know when I got to New York as I say it was challenging because you know I I was I still had my doubts about how how that was going to work out but at the same time I did what I had to do and and uh, you know little by little I I started getting more comfortable in the scene and I started meeting a lot of musicians. Um, uh, that were at that time, uh, you know, living in New York, and and, and I met uh, a lot of great people, and so so that was really the beginning, and I started, you know, working, playing with with these gentlemen that I told you already, and and many more, many more. Uh. Well, it, you know, and I think that you know when I listen to you know your your new record, um, Back to the Sunset. Um, you know, and I don't want to skip around too much here, but, um, I I certainly want to talk about the record because it's so good. Um, you you know, I mean, it it really is. It's so good. Um, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I mean, it's, it it truly is, you know, as I said earlier, you know, I, I put it on to listen to it and immediately, you know, I was just smiling from ear to ear. I mean, it's, Uh (laughs) it's, it's dance music, you know, I mean, it's, it's going to make you move. Um, but you have your own independent music label, you know, Daphneson Uh music, um, you, you are, uh, you know, you, you've won some very prestigious awards. Um, you know, how did you, you know, I, I know it's not easy to, you know, come from a, a different culture, a different country, uh, and start playing. All of this didn't just happen overnight. I know you put in a lot of work. So tell us oh, yeah. a little bit about how you, um, started getting on on the the radar of you know modern drummer and, and things like that. You've you've done some excellent um, instructional videos for Drumeo, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, how did that attention start happening once you got to the states? I guess it was a result of 
you know, of me playing around and, and I guess the, you know, some kind of buzz that, that, that was created at, at some point where, where the people in Modern Drummer and, and, and many other outlets, uh, you know, kind of pay attention to what I was doing and, and, and they like it and, and they invited me. The, um, the, um, uh, you know, I think it's a result of, of playing with, <clears throat> with the, with the enormous variety of people, of artists that I was playing at that time, uh, not only within the Latin scene, but also within the jazz scene and much more in, within the avant-garde scene as well. So it was a wide range of, of, of styles and, and possibilities. And then, uh, you know, one, one point gets to the other points and, 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 you know, start, you know, escalating and moving around with different people. And, and I start creating my own music as well early on when I, when I arrived into New York as well. And then, uh, and then I start putting my records. Uh, the first two records were, were, uh, released by a small label is called uh, Zoho music. My first two records. And then after that, I, I made the decision to do my own uh, label and publish uh, any work that I that I wanted to do, uh, publish it myself. And, and that was a another labor of work and love, <laughs> because um, sure uh, it took it took a lot of time to you know just the courage to make it happen and you know swiping the credit card and moving on and believing <laughs> in yourself and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But, uh, but it was, you know, it was challenging, but rewarding at the same time, you know, very rewarding. And, uh, I don't know, you know, I think, I think everyone has his own way of doing things and it's not only about playing, but about, you know, the attitude and about the way you actually, you know, behave, uh, you know, professionally and, and what you do, what you have to offer. Uh, musically, so I think everyone has a very specific uh, path and a way to go in this journey. You know, sure, absolutely. Well, I, you know, I, the thing that that really I, I think strikes me, uh, you know, uh, uh, about your playing is how fearless it is. You know, I, it it really is, um, <laughs> and your writing, um, you know, it, it's not. You know, some guys write in only one style or one genre. Um, you know, you're you're an incredible jazz player. You're an incredible Latin player. Uh, you mentioned avant-garde a minute ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your your playing has really been, um, you know, fearless. That's the word that I'm going to use. The the polyrhythms mm-hmm. are are incredible, and uh, you know, certainly your your clave is is uh, you know impeccable. Um, I would imagine that you put in a lot of hours practicing to, to be so fluent in so many different styles and genres. Yes, that's right. I mean, you know, I, I have to do my homework as, as, as everyone has to. Um, um, and, and I was immersed in already while I was doing the homework at the same time. So I was able to execute and and, and 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 just put out playing those ideas that I was practicing in a way and and you know I had I had uh, the opportunity to play with great percussionists and great musicians 
uh, that that I learned a lot from them as well. And um, um, you know, I mean, it's it's a it's it's yeah. It's, I, my my most interesting point of all of this is like I'm not really focusing on genre. I I just play what the music needs. Yeah. And and if that takes whatever it takes, that's what it takes. And uh, and in my compositions as well, you know, I'm trying to represent myself. I'm not I'm not really going for I am this kind of musician or this kind of drummer or this kind. I am my kind. That's that's the kind that I am. And that's the best that I can do. Sure. Absolutely. Well, and I mean, I, I think once you uh, become a leader, you know, when, when you're doing your mm-hmm. own projects, it, it allows you to really show your own personality um, in the in the music, um, you know, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but, you know, I, so in, in the effort of full disclosure, I'm not a jazz guy. You know, I love mm-hmm. listening to it, but I can't play it very well. You know, I'm, I grew mm-hmm. up in the rock and roll world. And mm-hmm. I can only imagine what it's like to play in a 17 piece big band, you know, and, and the the record that that came out, you know, um, uh, back in April, back to the sunset is the the, the Daphnis Prieto big band. You know, it's a seven, right. 17 piece. <laughs> um, yeah. And the record is just so um, great. And, 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 you know, you would think, okay, big band music, uh, you know, goes back to a certain time, you know? Um, but this is, I don't know, it's a fresh take on the big band and it, and it's, yeah. and it sounds different than those classic big bands. Tell us a little bit about putting together well, the, the big mm-hmm. band. Well, it, it, thank you for saying that because my intention was not to sound like, like any other big band. Uh, and as I say, it's the same intention that I have when I play drums or when I write music. My intention is to, to be as much honest uh, as possible uh, when I write the music. Um, uh, so I did the, all the compositions and I did all the arrangements. I actually did a few um, songs which are included on this record as well um, for other big bands. I've been, you know, writing music uh, for, for other ensembles uh, for more than 10 years already. And and I did that. So I wanted to actually have a full album of my music with a big band. And uh, and I, you know, I, I did it my way. I did it with the sounds that I like. I, I did it with the content of music that I like. And, um, uh, and I think it came through. I mean, you know, as I say, I'm not really... I'm not really even considering the idea of oh, big band is something that happens in a in the time in a specific time frame uh, in the history of let's say jazz music or something. Like, I'm not I'm not really thinking about that. I'm thinking about expressing those ideas I have in a bigger format, and obviously it's going to touch sometimes, you know, some of those sounds, but but. But it's, 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 but the intention is much more than that. I'm not trying to imitate or or uh, regenerate any other uh, you know sounding band. I'm just trying to reflect my ideas uh, through music um, with this uh, formatting. Uh, I used to do 
you know, with my previous records with the sextet and also quintets and, you know, different configurations, quartet as well, and trios. So it was very, it is very exciting to do it for a 17-piece big band, and, uh, and, uh, and we're really happy with the way it came out. Well, yeah, mission accomplished. I mean, it, it doesn't, <laughs> you know, it doesn't sound like, um, you know, again, other big bands. And what struck me as I listened to it, you know, when you say big band, most people think of, you know, just swinging jazz. This really has mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the Latin flavor to it, um, you know, uh, the Afro-Cuban flavor to it. Um, I I can only imagine what it was like composing this music. You know, how long a period did you spend on the composition side of the equation? I I worked for a year. Okay. Uh, obviously, on and off because you know we had I had to do other things in the meantime. But it took me the process of 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 just preparing the whole material, composition and the arrangement for the big band. Uh, it took me a, a full year. Um, to do it and it was very exciting but but I was only I was by myself so I wasn't sharing it yet so I had I was holding that emotion for a full year until it got the realization of playing it with a musician which you know it was a the final you know result uh, musically right uh, so it was very it was very exciting it was it was very exciting and it took me yeah about a year Okay. Well, and it's my understanding that, you know, the big band kind of made, you know, you guys did um, three or four nights uh, and then immediately kind of went to the studio to to do the record. Um, So was the, you know, how long did you guys rehearse before the the big premiere back uh, last summer? Yeah, that really helped. Uh, It it really helped. We actually did three days of rehearsing. Okay. Then we did then we did three nights of at the Jazz Standard in New York. And then we went to the studio right after that. So when we got to the studio everybody knew what they what they need to do. So I you know, it was very easy to make the recording session because we were all rehearsed and tight and the and the band every musician knew what they had to do and how to do it. So um so it was uh, it was very very easy to make the recording. We did the recording session in two days. Oh wow! And that's okay. a lot of ma- that's a lot of material for two days. But still, you know, we had at the end of it, you know, we had like two hours left and stuff like that. So we did some minor touch here and there, and and stuff like that. So, but um, yeah, that was the way that was the way we did it, and I think that's that was the perfect way because that way we got you know the music really comes out in the in the recording as everybody owns the music you know absolutely well you may be the first drummer alive to come in under budget on a on a recording date uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know we we always want to go back and and do more you know so that's yeah it's pretty amazing that this record came out you know over over two days because it, it sonically it's it's beautiful um you know it sounds yeah. great to, to be such a large orchestra if you will you know it's um uh, it, it sounds great and you know, tell us a little bit about the makeup of of the big band because I think it's it's pretty cool. You you have three different horn sections. Tell us a little bit about the the composition of the band itself and how you made those decisions. 
Well, you know, there are so many, so many different strategies when it comes to the arranging of a big band. You know, where I have four trumpets, four trombones, and five saxophones. Then I have a full rhythm session, including uh, piano, bass, drums, and percussion. So that, uh, you know, I have to think on, on sounds and, and how, you know, which, how many musicians are going to double in other instruments and, and to get the right musicians to play it and also um, was a leader of, 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 you know, of, of a work. Um, and, uh, you know, it has different strategies. It really depends the song. So I'm not really using one full thing in the overall. I'm I'm going step by step and song by song. And even within each song, there are different parts and different strategies that I follow um, uh, in order to, to enhance that arrangement, um, you know, and, and to come full uh, flow um, in a way um, so that the material is already almost self-spoken, you know. Absolutely. And it would be e- easier for the, for the musicians to deal with, you know. Absolutely. Well, I, you know, I mean, I think um, my favorite track on the record, uh, and I've listened to it, you know, many times over is Two for One. Um, I, there's just something about that song that that speaks to me. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's just so awesome. You know, I mean, I, there's not another word that I can come up uh, yeah. with for <laughs> it. it. It's really an awesome song and just a joy to listen to. Um, it, it's a really great record now are you touring with the big band in support of the album yes we are we are actually doing the record release uh next week in new york from june 6 uh, 7 to the 10th june 7 to the 10th we'll be doing the record release of the of the album okay and uh and then we actually have a date at the Carnegie hall we're playing on november 10th oh wow um, okay and we are also uh, having a few other um, performances. Uh, one at Duke University in, uh, in North Carolina, uh, and, and and other other uh, dates that we have. Also, yeah, we're trying to tour the band as much as we can. You know, it's challenging uh, economically to make it happen, but you know, we we we're pushing forward and, and try to do as much as we can to you know to have the band play live and. I have the people enjoy the music. Uh, like. sure. Well, I mean, you, you bring up a really good point. Economically, it, it's hard for a band of four musicians to tour in mm-hmm. this in this day and age. I, I can only imagine mm-hmm. what it's like with seventeen. That's right. Yeah, it's very challenging, and you know the conditions they change, and you know the, the money to pay, to offer to the musicians is not the same that if you're going to play in a quartet. But, you know, uh, we have a lot of musicians that are in the band that are committed to it and, and they like to, the music and, and they know that, you know, maybe today is not that much uh, money offering, but maybe tomorrow is better. So <laughs> right. uh, we kind of, that's part of the commitment in terms of trying to do it as much as it is and, and you know, stick to it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I laugh because, you know, I, I, <laughs> I'm a musician myself, you know, and, and it, it is hard to say, well, mm-hmm. you know, maybe this gig doesn't pay as much as the gig next week, you know, but but stick it out with me. You know, <laughs> we're, we're all in this mm-hmm. together kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Daphnis, to, to shift gears a little bit, tell our listeners a little bit about your teaching career, because I, I know that you teach quite a bit. Um, you know, t- tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about, you know, where you're teaching and, and whether or not you're accepting private students right now and, and, and all that good stuff. Yeah, well, I teach. Uh, I used to teach when I was living in New York. Uh, I taught for 10 years at the um, University of New York at NYU the jazz department there. And then I moved three years ago to Florida. I'm now teaching at the University of Miami at the Frost School of Music. Um, and I've been there for three years already. And uh, I keep, you know, I do clinics and master class when I can. And when I can, I also, you know, uh, receive uh, private students uh, who contact me on my website. And, um, and I do it most of them in, in a Skype, like a Skype lessons. So uh, I keep my, my educational uh, career uh, very active as well. And, and, and because also I, I, I published a book uh, about three years ago, then that uh, also helped me uh, and helped people to know, you know, where I was standing uh, uh, in terms of, 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 of my way of teaching and, and, and showing and presenting the material. So um, I like teaching. I, I, I enjoy teaching very much. I have a great relation with, with my students um, that, that, that help them, you know, um, encouraging them and inspiring them to, to keep doing what they really like to do. Well, it's, it's very important, you know, um, to have a teacher that, that can bring the best out in, in any student, whether it's, you know, drums, guitar, Mm -hmm. or, you know, history, you know, it doesn't matter, Mm -hmm. but to have, you know, those, uh, those role models in your life, it's, uh, it's very important. So, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I would encourage all of my listeners, you know, if, if you want to, um, (laughs) <laughs> learn from a really, really good uh, jazz player, you know, Daphnis, uh, as he said, you know, look him up on his website and, and reach out for a Skype lesson. I think it would be money well spent for, for anyone. Um, Daphnis, tell us a little bit about, you know, all the other things that you have going on. You know, I mentioned Drumeo earlier. Now, I know they're out, uh, I guess, Vancouver. I, I know you, you travel quite a bit for, for clinics uh, as you can and master classes, as you mentioned. But, you know, I, I know that there are other folks that are reaching out to you all the time. Hey, come play on my record, all of that good stuff. Um, you know, kind of walk us through the other things that you're doing besides your own project. Yeah, I mean, besides my own project, I'm really focusing on my own project most of the time. But besides that, uh, I still play uh, some uh, performances, some shows with Michelle Camilo, who's someone that that I play, you know, for many years already. And and I used to be uh, full time with him in his trios and different configurations. Um, but now we play once in a while, and then then and then. Um, I'm actually doing uh, next week uh, a show also uh, with Chucho Valdez 
is another uh, maestro of the piano from Cuba. And um, and I, you know, I, I most of the side work that I do uh, is something that 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 it has to be musically appealing to me. The reason, one of the reasons why I wanted to really uh, develop my own um, uh, journey, in a way, musically speaking, of doing my own ensembles and my own music, and and also my own teachings, etc is that uh, it allowed me to, to be more selective from those things that appear on my way that I was not interested. So, uh, so I, I guess I'm, 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 you know, I'm still working on that and I'm still uh, uh, you know, trying to concentrate myself on, on what is that, re- that I really want to do with my time. Um, because, um, because I have so much other stuff to do on my own. I, I have, you know, like 10 years of work. If you just leave me alone in the middle of the forest <laughs> and, and creating and stuff. So, so, um, so also, you know, doing, doing the touring with my bands and, and the teaching that helps me out to be a little bit more selective of, of what am I doing in terms of, of, of assignment. But, you know, as I say, I'm open to, uh, to, to playing and making music with with those musicians that I uh, and the music playing the music that I that I really like. Sure. Well, I mean, we're we're all envious. Um, you know, I mean, as as a drummer, you know, I think most drummers typically fall into that sideman role. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's very hard as a drummer to to do your own thing, and and we all are envious because you've you know, literally you've composed all of this, you, you put together the big band, you, uh, have your own label and and you, uh, oversaw the recording. It's, it's pretty amazing to take control of your career in that way and and really be in charge. Yeah, it is. It it takes a lot of time. And believe me, I'm, uh, I have to keep myself, uh, on check uh, about being really focused on, on, on what is it that is meaningful to me in the short and the long run. Uh, so, um, so I work hard. I, I work really hard and, and, and try to look and think of possibilities. And, you know, it is always in me uh, that comes out that it's, it's almost a, a necessity. It's almost uh, something that is unavoidable. And, and, and that is, uh, I want my voice to be heard uh, in in that way, not only playing as a sideman, but but on, also to create my own musical environment and, and and expressing myself through composition, which which I love. I mean, I love composition. This is not something that that I'm doing, uh, you know, out of any other desire than 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 that that pure uh, you know necessity or and desire to. Really, uh, you know, share uh, what else I can do, and and, and I love the uh, composition, the the fact of composing and creating uh, anything that is related to creativity. I'm I'm really, uh, you know, uh, looking forward to to spend some time with it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and again, you know, I, I keep going back to, you know, back to the sunset, but it really shows as well that, you know, this wasn't just something that that was, you know, thrown together. Hey, guys, let's all, you know, jump in here and, and improvise and have a good time and jam. It, it, I mean, it's you know, the compositions are fully realized. Uh, no, no doubt about it. It's it's a, a, a great record. Um, Daphnis, tell us a little bit about um, the fellowship. Um, you know, I know that that you received a, a, a prestigious fellowship. Tell us a little bit about that and the work that led up to to, to receiving that. Well, that's uh, that was actually a big, a big, huge surprise. <laughs> Um, well, everyone that, that get that fellowship, uh, it is a big surprise because uh, you don't have to apply for it. And, and it's actually a secret process uh, behind it that, uh, that not many people know about it. And uh, this, this award is, uh, is called the MacArthur Award. And, uh, and I started having been the fellow uh, in 2011. Uh, that finished on 2015 or 16, actually. Yeah, 16. It's five, it was five years. And that really allowed me to, more than anything else, besides the visibility that you get when you get the award and everything else, uh, you know, the press and people calling you and, uh, you know, want to congratulate you and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, besides that, it really allowed me to, to focus what is it that I really wanted to do, and and I had the time because they, you know I was receiving money uh, uh, quarterly. Every three months, uh, I was receiving a, a good sum of money with non-string attached. So I didn't have to deliver anything. Uh, what I did, I I focused myself on on on, on things I was self-publishing and self-releasing, releasing everything on my own label. Then I kept doing so, and I, I made a few records, uh, which which that allowed me to to make to make it economically possible. And I also had the time to concentrate on, on finishing up my book, A Wall of Remy Possibilities, which it took me seven years to finish. So um, you know, so I spent I spent some of that of of, of that. Uh, you know, economic um, support uh, that comes with the award um, on on my own uh, work, um, and you know, it was it, it's an unbelievable um, fellowship because, as I say, uh, you don't have you know apply for it, and you just get a call one day, and and the director of the MacArthur at that time, he he called me. Um, uh, personally, I, he, he, he say, I need you to be seated because you have good news <laughs> coming to you. <laughs> yeah, well, and I'm... I say, okay, I'm seated. And I was, I, I said, I said, because at that time, actually, it's, it's really interesting. At that time, I was, uh, I was a little bit discouraged about, about what was, was happening, uh, at that time in my life. I, I was going through a lot of personal things and and also um professional I, I wasn't really getting where i wanted to go um not in the music but in the whole business of, of booking and and you know i'm putting my work out there so 
so that was very encouraging <laughs> sure. when I received that, and I say, wow, I'm I'm glad that uh, yeah, at least some some people are listening. <laughs> Well, I mean, I and think then, I think that's yeah. a big moment that really kind of freed you up to to start the next yeah. chapter in your life, right? Oh yeah, definitely. That change that's a, that's a life changing because um, something is always going to happen uh, when 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 you get that kind of uh, uh, of recognition, and uh, and it was very helpful. It was really really helpful in many different ways, and I'm always you know grateful for. For that possibility of being part of a of a MacArthur, which is is basically an organization that that focuses on creativity and people that are doing something significant for the community and and for you know for anything for for race for humans for for anything that is that is positively a creative out- outcome. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's it's well deserved. I mean, it's uh, you know, and, and I, you. I'm sincere when I say that, um, because you know, look, it's in this day and age in the music business as a whole. You know this as well as anybody. It's so hard to get attention for your music. Oh, yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's very difficult. And, you know, I, I certainly hope, you know, as I said, I'm a rock and roll guy. You know, I probably would not have come across your music had it not been for, you know, the fact that you are such a great drummer, you know, and I think about all the other drummers out there that aren't getting those outlets that I will never discover. You know, it's 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 really hard to to get any footing in the business in this day and age because everybody's a good player now. I mean, you know, most everybody. Yeah, there's a lot of there's much more stuff going on now than before. For sure. The the whole the whole media outlet also. Yeah. Very confusing. Uh, it's, it's very engaging in, on one side and very confusing on the other. Well, uh, it, yeah, I mean, and, and I would love to hear your thoughts on that. You know, I mean, it, here you've got a great record that, you know, you're, you're doing the, you know, the official release, you know, coming up here in just a few weeks. You know, is it, you know, your attention has to be divided. You know, do I do f- mm-hmm. physical product? Do I do video releases? Do I just release it digitally? All of those things, you know, and, and distribution is a whole, you know, a whole other issue that you have to deal with. You have to get it all mm-hmm. over the world, you know. So so mm-hmm. talk to our listeners a little bit about that. Well, specifically on my, uh, in my experience, through my own label, um, I haven't had, uh, for example, this is a, a good example. I haven't had uh, anyone that is uh, a distributing company interested on my catalog or my music or my records. Uh, so, so I did it myself, and I do it. I put it on CD Baby, and through CD Baby, I uh, it gets um, um, distribution through Amazon and iTunes and. Uh, Apple Music and and all these uh, outlets, Spotify and all the online thing. But you know, I sell it uh, also physically on CD Baby. I sell it on my website, which you can get all the, those sources on my website. Um, 
and you know I'm 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 the guy behind the scene in a way you know when I get the orders I, I I'm the one that sends them or if I'm not here I'm traveling then my wife does it <laughs> right so yeah. so it's a one man business in a way now I I have someone who's helping me a lot because he came on board uh, to help me to um, to produce this big band record. Uh, his name is Eric Overstein, and uh, Eric has uh, really helped me a lot, not only with the producing of this big band record, but also uh, putting together my website. Uh, again, we are actually updated and redo it. We redid it, the, the website, um, all again, uh, just a, a few months before coming out, the new record. So anyway, yeah, it's a lot of... Uh, it's a lot of work, and you know, I have to get, uh, I have to hire a publicist uh, for press, and I have to hire publicists for radio, and then the selling of of the music, which you know, as I say, um, you can you can find it all in my website, either through download uh, and you know, digitally or physical. Sure. Well, I mean, it's the story of of you know my own band. You know, when, when we do mm-hmm. a release, it's, we use CD baby because it's, it's easy mm-hmm. to get it out to all those different digital outlets. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just different now than it was even 10 years ago. It's just mm-hmm. so hard to get your music in the hands of everybody that you want to have it. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, yeah, it is true. it's definitely a journey, no doubt about it. Um, Daphnis, I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, I don't want to keep you too long uh, today. But, you know, one of the things that we always do on this show is, is we ask all of our guests for a good piece of advice for other drummers or musicians. And I think you may have kind of a unique perspective on this. Um, you know, given that that you grew up in Cuba, you moved to the States, you have really you know, taking the reins of your own career as a drummer, which, you know, is rare in this day and age. But, you know, share some advice with our listeners on on uh, on what you've learned over the years. Well, I learned that we should really be doing what we like doing. I mean, it seems almost dummy to say that, but uh, many people are doing something similar than what they like to be doing but they're not really doing what they like to be doing fully. So to me, it's, it's, it's really about staying focused and and always remembering the reason why we became musicians uh, and, and not let the, you know, the system or whatever environmental, you know, uh, discouraging, uh, you know, moments or, or episodes uh, destroy that feeling of love for music. And I'm saying that uh, to, you know, to the audience that is listening, uh, and this is what I say to me many times because, you know, I'm also a human and I get discouraged many times as well. But the most important thing is to remember the reason why you became a musician. And in this case, for me, the reason I became a musician is because I love music and I love sound and I love playing and I love to connect with people through sound. Uh, the same way other people like talking or, or, or doing it through visual arts or painting or poetry or whatever it is. Um, so uh, 
it, it is it is important to you know to get to always carry that core and that kind of um, the beginnings of why you doing this is not necessarily uh, to be. I mean, you know, I know it counts, but success is just a consequence. We have to focus on on the source of it. Well, that's that's a great piece of advice. And, uh, you know, Daphnis, um, you know, I, I respect your playing. Uh, it, it's just simply incredible. I mean that. Um, it, the website, uh, everybody, is DaphnisSunMusic.com. Uh, go grab this record, Back to the Sunset. It is just a fantastic album. Um, Daphnis, I wish you nothing but success. Uh, moving oh, forward, um, I hope the tour will bring you through the southeast close to me. I would love to come see the big band live, so I will keep my fingers crossed. And there is an open invitation for you on the drum shuffle anytime you'd like to come by and talk about all the awesome stuff you're working on. Uh, feel mm-hmm. free to come by anytime. We appreciate your time today. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the invitation, and I'm, I'm happy to be doing this interview and hopefully we'll do much more in the near future. Uh, uh, thank you again. Absolutely. Daphnis, thank you so much. We'll talk to you real soon. All right. All right. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for episode 23 of the Drum Shuffle. Thank you so much for tuning in. We truly do appreciate it. We can't do any of this without all of you tuning in week in and week out. As always, I'm going to ask you to hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're using to listen in. It helps us to continue to grow. We also love hearing from you throughout the week. The Drum Shuffle podcast at gmail.com is our email address. Our web address is thedrumshuffle.com, and you can find more information on me over at jamieeds.com. You are not going to want to miss our episode next week. We are joined by the legendary jazz drummer, Peter Erskine. Of course, Peter was just uh, inducted into the Modern Drummer Hall of Fame in 2017, uh, was uh, named Jazz Drummer of the Year in that same publication, uh, I believe, over 10 times. So we're super excited to have Peter joining us next week. So make sure you tune in for that. Uh, We really do appreciate it. Again, keep your emails coming. Keep tuning in. It helps us tremendously, and we certainly appreciate it. So until next time, everybody, may your head stay strong and your sticks never break. Cheers, everybody. 